0: Why are Catholic politicians, generally, not always, in America, liberals? Why is it that Catholics in America still, well, that changed a little bit under Trump. I know some of that data. But up until Trump, majority voted for a party that was in favor of government-funded, in-the-womb infanticide. Got to use special words here on the platform. Why is it that when we look at conservative leaders in America, they tend to be Protestant? You know, this has always been a problem for me. As you know, I was part of the Donald Trump campaign, Catholics for Trump. As I said all along the way, I have major misgivings about Donald Trump. There are things that I deeply disagree with. But as I got involved in politics during that whole run up, I realized that the bishops and prominent lay people, Catholic, gravitated towards Catholics for Biden. We saw this even happening in Rome, even with Pope Francis. I made lots of videos about it, covered it. I don't want to go back all into it. But was that last night? Yeah, last night. I had the pleasure of meeting Dr. Ben Carson who ran for president. In fact, initially as things were going, I was like I like Dr. Ben Carson. He's got sort of a gentle strong conservatism about him. So I met him last night, shook his hand, took a picture with him, and I listened to him talk. And as I listened to him, now he's a 7-day Adventist. Right? He's a Protestant, not a Catholic. But he spoke about family values, the importance of matrimony, the importance of property, uh, the importance of being pro-life. He checks the boxes for the values, the morality that I, as a Catholic, endorse and believe in. And there was a very kind lady uh, there who recognized me. And she came over and said, oh, thank you know, wa- I love watching your videos. Shout out if you're watching. And she said, it's great to see you here as a witness amongst so many Protestants because my feel for the room of the people that were there was generally a, a Protestant audience. And so I got what she said, and I was thinking about it. I was like, you know, it's true. Even when I was doing Catholics for Trump and all that, in the conservative world, It's predominantly Protestant. Now, it hasn't always been the case. Pre-1900, so over 100 years ago, the conservatives were the Catholics. Now, it was dovetailed. It was united with the papacy and with monarchy in Europe. America was a little bit different, but in America, Catholics never really had the majority. Catholics didn't really come into the to assent, and really in the late forties, after World War II, in the nineteen fifties, they really started feeling like they were part of things. Then, when JFK, who was kind of liberal, when he was elected, finally Catholics were optimistic. Aha, our time has come. But what changed between nineteen hundred and the nineteen sixties? I think it's a recent phenomenon. That Catholics would be on board with the A word, the A-B-O-R word, that they would be promoting unnatural marriage, that when it comes to promoting certain kinds of parades and a San Francisco lifestyle and all these kind of things, that you would think the Catholics would be at the forefront, saying this is... Against God's will it's what we used to call sin in reality you don't see that you see evangelicals you see Protestants who are the loudest and the boldest and the most courageous I was at another event uh, a few weeks before that with dr. McCulloch you'll probably know who he is and um, there was a young man there who was a Protestant pastor reformed pastor and I knew I recognized him. And someone else mentioned who he was and what he had done. And then I realized why I'd recognized him because I actually promoted him to y'all on this channel. He was a young pastor in Idaho. When they shut down uh, churches, he and his congregation went into the public in spread out spaces. And they sang, uh, what do you call it? Metered psalm. That's a very Calvinistic thing to do. They sang metered psalms out loud and hymns. And when the police came, they actually arrested him as a pastor. And it, y'all might remember me showing a picture of it and saying, we Catholics need to be more like this. right? We can't let the government shut down our churches, sh- shut down worship, praise, the sacraments, the holy sacrifice, the mass. we need to be more like this. Why is it that Catholic men, looking at you dads, Catholic clergy, looking at you, priests, monsignors, bishops, and Catholic politicians aren't courageous, aren't loud, aren't bold. I said just a few minutes ago, it's a recent phenomenon. I think it's related, not entirely, but I think it's related to the message of Vatican II. To the idea that all religions, all philosophies, all worldviews are valid and deserve dialogue, and have a right—see, this is the real problem that traditionalists have with Vatican II—that other religions, other worldviews, have a right—a a right from rights come from God. God gives them a right to be wrong. You must say, well, God gives us a free will. Yes, God gives us a free will, and he allows us to choose evil. But he doesn't give us the right to choose evil. That's a big difference. It's a big difference. After the Second Vatican Council, after the 1960s, everyone had this optimism. And we were told, in a way, through the liturgy, through messaging, through acts of... For example, Pope Paul VI, who put away the tiara and simplified ceremonies, you know, being Catholic is not the best religion. It's just one. It's it's a great one on one of many. Being Catholic is basically relative. And Catholics, you actually hear this from Pope Francis. You shouldn't be trying to get other people to be Catholic. And governments shouldn't be Catholic. Whereas before Vatican II, that was the teaching of the church, still is the teaching of the church. And you shouldn't, after Vatican II, you shouldn't fight in the public for things that are Catholic. Which means people today think, well, being pro-life or being a... You even hear Joe Biden say, well, I'm not going to push my religious beliefs on other people by imposing pro-life legislation. So he thinks that he, in a way, is fulfilling the, the message of I don't want to say Catholicism because it's not Catholicism, but the message of what was coming out of the Vatican in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. Respect other people's religions, philosophies. Don't fight for Catholicism it's not worth it that's the that's the implied message so suddenly when the enemies of Christ promote the destruction of life before birth when they promote contraception and no-fault divorce and then they start saying well we need to support these Alternative lifestyles. We support you in your parades. Looking at you, James Martin. Of the Jesuit order. And all those other Jesuits. Now, it's in Germany. The bishops. Outrightly saying it. We even have bishops in the United States in the last week. Who are on record now promoting. You know, the. L-M-N-O-P-L-G-P-T, the T part in that. They're now promoting the T part. Francis said, there's nothing you can do to remove yourself from the church or for the communion of saints. If that's the case, why fight? Why promote Catholicism, Catholic standards of morality, Catholic modesty, Catholic dogma? It's hard to stand for those things, isn't it? Have you ever waded into a conversation about contraception with people that aren't Catholics, it's easier just to shut your mouth, go get a refill on your drink. We're cowards. It's because we've been taught implicitly and even explicitly that Catholicism is just a really good option amongst many on the buffet. Let other people be because, you know, as Bishop Barron said, there are lesser lights in all these other religions. You know, I think it'd be a really funny cartoon to have like Bishop Barron knocking on someone's door like a Jehovah's Witness and they open the door. Can I help you? Yes, I'm just here to tell you that whatever religion or spirituality you're into, it's probably got some lesser lights of truth in it, so you're good to go. Just wanted you to know, follow those and you'll go to heaven. Have a nice day. That would be the door-to-door evangelization. What I call left-hand evangelization right hand evangelization would be saying we are all sinners adam and eve sinned we've fallen into original sin we have all sinned we fall short of the glory of god god sent his only begotten son to be the perfect high priest fully god fully man and then to buy us to redeem us on the cross and to rise again for our justification he instituted a community called the one holy catholic apostolic church you must join it the way you join it is baptism and we have six other sacraments That will help you in the journey, in this life, so that when you die in a state of grace, you will go to heaven forever. That's the gospel. The left-hand gospel is the gospel of dialogue. Oh, you're a Muslim? I'm a Catholic. We're both Abrahamic. Come in for a hug. You're a Muslim? I'm a Catholic. We both believe in alms for the poor. Put her there. instead of talking about the core Christianity. When you hang out with evangelicals and Protestants down in Texas, just like I did with Dr. Ben Carson and a bunch of other people, they are praying. They're saying the name of Jesus Christ in their prayers and in their conversations. They say, amen. See, If you're Catholic, you say amen. Down here, they say amen. They believe it. They believe it's the best. And they fight for it and they talk about it and they organize it. It's a different perspective. And I just want to encourage us, especially you men out there, to not be afraid, to be courageous, and maybe run for office or be vocal. Get involved. Push back. You know, at the end of every uh, podcast episode, I say that our Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world and the salt of the earth, so go out there and be salty. Well, go out and be some salt. Get salty. We, who claim to have the one true faith, the perfect version of Christianity, that's what we really believe. Do you believe that? We Catholics believe that we have the perfect version of Christianity, unflawed. Why aren't we living that way and promoting in that way? That's why When you see politicians who are Catholic, they kind of do the, oh, I was an altar boy as a kid, ha, ha, ha. And that's basically the depth of their Catholicism in public as a politician. The rest of it is another problem after Vatican II, social justice warriors. Instead of Jesus came to die for us and redeem us of our sin and make us into saints, that's all wiped away. And what's left of Catholicism? social justice help people in this world which when you take away heaven and hell just becomes straight up socialism you see we got to fight for the reign of Christ the king he is the king of the church but he's also the king of every country on earth did you know that been reading the book of Revelation, the apocalypse a lot lately, over and over and over, it says that the Lamb, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ, the Son of Man, receives the kingdoms, plural, of all the earth, every tribe, tongue, and nation, every language, every tribe, every group, every ethnicity, every single nation is given to Jesus Christ. Do you believe that as a Catholic? And if you do, what are you doing to usher that reality in as we pray every single time in the Our Father, Thy will be done on earth, that's where all the nations are, as it is in heaven. We're supposed to be hastening, bringing about the kingdom of God on earth. That doesn't mean that we just share a sandwich with somebody. It means that we work so that Christ the King is recognized in every sphere of human life, including politics. The separation of church and state is an error condemned by Pope Pius IX in his syllabus of errors. You can't be a Catholic and believe in the separation of church and state. All right, well, that's enough. This was an informal video, and it's just my thoughts after being around Dr. Ben Carson, who's a seven-day Adventist, and a bunch of other Protestants, and then just scratching my head and saying, why can't Catholics, what's broken amongst Catholics and why is it that Catholic politicians tend to be liberals hopefully there's some strong men out there who take charge maybe run for office get involved in the public area I don't believe that the Benedict option of us leaving society is the proper maybe you disagree with me leave a comment below I'd love a dialogue with you. I honestly don't see that as an option for lay people ever in the history of Catholicism. Yes, monastics. Yes, monks. But even then, you see all these great monks from England and Ireland coming back into the continent to re-evangelize. There's, there's none of this idea that you just sort of check out and uh, live in tents around a monastery. That's not good for kids either. just my take. All right. Leave a comment below. If you like this video, I'm going to ask you to like it. That means give the thumbs up. And uh, what else? Share it on Facebook. And then if you haven't subscribed yet, why not? We're talking about important things, good things. So subscribe to the Dr. Taylor Marshall podcast. I thank everybody who has, and make sure you hit that bell. You'll be notified when I go live random, like I did today at 4.30 p.m. on a Monday. Just thinking about this and saying, you know, I need to go live. Talk about this. All right. The other thing is, pray the rosary every day and uh, get salty. Remember, our Lord Jesus Christ is the light of the world and the salt of the earth. So go out there and be salty. God bless and God speed. Hey, thanks for watching. If you enjoy this content, please subscribe and watch the next video. God bless.